I got it. For God so loved the world. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world And men love the darkness rather than the light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest their deeds be exposed. But he who does the truth, now, maybe you caught something there. It doesn't say he who reads the truth or hears the truth or says the truth or says the truth. It says, but he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen and they have been done in God, that they have been done in God. After these things, Jesus said to the disciples, came into the land of Judah and he remained with them and baptized Let's deal with John 3, 16 through 21. And I want to maybe take more than tonight. We'll see how much I can do. But there's a, there's a hidden, well, it's really not even that hidden. There's a hidden paradox in, in John 3, 16, 17, 18, 19 that maybe you haven't thought about before. Attention, if you will, that's always in the Word of God that people get confused over. When you take it slowly, it's not really confusing at all. But it does require you to think because it's by grace we are saved. Yeah? That's what Paul wrote to the Ephesians, right? It's for, but it's by grace we are saved. Not of works. We're not saved by what we do. We're saved by grace through faith. Yes? But even John 3, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. If you look closely, you'll see that all through those scriptures, John is writing about works. That's what he's writing about. He says things like, he who believes is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. And this is the condemnation that the light has come to the world, that the men love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. And does not come to the light, lest his deeds be exposed. But he who, be he who does, there, there's one that's probably hid from you before. He who does the truth. He's talking about an action. Yes? He who does the truth. How many know, how many know that's, a, that's, a, that's an action, that's a work? He who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds can be clearly seen that they have been done not for God. There's an important word there. That they have been done in God. Hmm. 
I told you, Aguirre's about stripped out just a minute ago. When I started, I thought, I got to go, I got to go look at something real quick. I'm going to chase this. There's a really, it's been a confusion in the church world. And there's even people who think Martin Luther was one of them. I'm thankful for Martin Luther. You should be too. Martin Luther got some things right. He got a lot of things not right. (laughs) But you know what? He was the one that began to walk the light back in. Um, You're starting a little slow. But these are things you need to know. Do you know that people walked in the light they had? Yeah. Well, you know what he did? He started walking back towards the light of Jesus Christ. Oh. Y'all, y'all don't want me. To, y'all just want me to scratch around the edge. You don't want me to take you, take you there. Well, you know, Martin Luther's great declaration, the greatest of the declarations that he made, the one that changed the world that we live in today, there was 95 things he nailed to that door, but there's only one thing any of you remember. What was it? The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And, and Martin Luther got a little off base even in some places. As great as, as, great as the things he'd done were, Martin Luther wanted to remove the book of James from, from the canon of Scripture. Because in his mind, James was arguing for salvation by works. Remember, James says, you tell me you have faith. He said, you talk about your faith, I'll show you mine. That's what he, that's what he was saying. And he goes on to say things like that faith without works is dead. And that is true. He's not talking about salvation. He's talking about the product of your salvation. The byproduct of your salvation. What your salvation produces. Now when John talked about these things in in John 14 and 15, he talked about fruit. You know when he talks about, do you know when, when the gospel writers talk about the fruit of the, by their fruit you shall know them? He talks about that I am the vine, you're the branches, and the father is the husbandman, and goes, talks about the vine that doesn't bear fruit, that he, that he prunes, and when it doesn't bear, you know, when it continues, there's little fruit, he prunes it, it bears no fruit, he cuts it off, but, so it, but he prunes it so it can bear more fruit, and his desire is that you bear much fruit, and that your fruit should remain. Remember all that? Do you know what he's talking about? What the fruit is? It's the works of your life. The the fruit of your salvation. The fruit of redemption. The The fruit that comes from a life that has been redeemed. That is no longer living in darkness, living for the, that, that is no longer lost, that is no longer a child of darkness, but has become a child of light. You notice the, the Word of God uses those, those analogies over and over and over. He tells us we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness, where? Into the kingdom of light. All the way back in John chapter 1 that we spent weeks on, you know that in Him was life. And his life was the light of the world. And you know in John that Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And he says, when you're in me, that you are the light of the world. And now John chapter 3, he's discussing the same thing again. He has told you, we spent last week, that, that, for, that God loved us so much when he didn't have to, that he gave the best he had. For God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son. And the question was not, why does a good God send people to hell? The question is, how in the world could a God this holy and this good find a way for men to come back to him? To walk into his presence. It's by the blood of his son. And now... Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, 
but that the world through him might be saved. And we talked about last week that the world in this context is not the, is not the continents. It's not the bordered countries. It's not any of those things. The world, it's the people, the nations of the world. He sent his son to save the world, all of us. Let me help you. In the book of Genesis, when Adam and Eve fell, it says they took the skin of animals and he gave, and covered them. It was a lamb for people, for a person, Adam. Then in the, when the Passover came, he had them keep a lamb and they, they, they killed. It was a lamb for a household. You're moving forward. And when, after the Passover, then when, when they, came in, they came into a time that they established the great day of atonement, Yom Kippur, that is coming up, which we don't celebrate. You know why we don't celebrate? I mean, we're, we're here, you might as well, I might as well ask you. Why we don't go into the feast days and the, ho- and the holidays and all of, those, uh, all of those things from the Old Covenant? I'm fixing to tell you why. Because Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, was a lamb for a nation. A nation. A nation. The nation of Israel. The children of Israel. A lamb for a nation. Then when John the Baptist showed up on the scene after 400 years of silence after Malachi... After four year, 400 years of silence, the, when he, his declaration as the one that was cry, one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, was this. Behold the Lamb, which takes away the sin of the world. Started, it was a lamb for a man, then a lamb for a household, then a lamb for a nation. Coming nearer the cross, then a lamb for the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God did not, did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. That word condemn there literally means to judge the world. But that the world through him might be saved. And there is coming a time. He said he didn't come he didn't, the word wasn't made manifest. The first advent of Christ was not to come to, con, to, to condemn the world. But when he comes the second time, do you know he's coming again? Do you know he's coming again? We're not talking about the, the appearing here. We're talking about his coming. They're not the same thing. Go read it. When he, comes, when he comes in the second advent, when, he, when it's the second coming, when his feet touch the earth, it says he comes in, in righteousness and in judgment, he does make war. When he was born of a virgin, the innocent Lamb of God, see, he came the first time, the Lamb of God, to take away the sin of the world. The second time, he's not coming as the Lamb of God. He is the Lamb of God. He will present himself then as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And at that time, he will have a whole different purpose than the first time. Now I'm going slow and deliberately. On purpose on Wednesday night. And he is going to judge the world. Everybody, you're going to be judged by Jesus Christ. It didn't matter who you are. Do you know that? You are going to be judged by Jesus Christ. He is the righteous judge. To the unbeliever, to the condemned, it's going to be the great white throne judgment. And he will be the presiding judge. Hello? To the believer, to the redeemed, it will be the judgment seat of Christ. And he will be the presiding judge. But John is speaking of his first advent. He is speaking about when he came the first time. 
for his purpose. What was his purpose? For this purpose, or this cause, the Son of Man was made manifest. What was made manifest? That's John chapter 1, verse 14. Remember? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. For this cause, the Son of Man was made manifest. He became flesh. Why? How? What for? To destroy the works of the devil. What is the work of the devil? What's the work of the devil that he came to destroy? It was the separation of mankind from God. Through sin. The works of the devil is sin in the heart of mankind. From the fall. From the deception. From the lie. From the trick. That put the sin nature... The knowledge of good and evil in man. That's why Jesus came. To destroy the works of the devil. Last week I was concerned about, everybody said, oh I know John 3.16. Uh, what can you teach me about that? But do we really? This week, what I would be concerned about is that your eyes glaze over on something that we should know, but most of us don't. <laughs> there is a paradox here. There is nothing I could do without Jesus Christ to save me. There's nothing you could do without Jesus Christ to save you. Eternally. You know, in our human thinking, there are some people that seem worse than other people. Some people that seem better than other people. Is that fair? And it's even sometimes that there are some sinner folks that seem better than some of the supposed safe folks. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, know, I know a few sinners that would make an awful good Christian. <laughs> and you know what? None of that matters. Because that's not how we're saved. Now I say none of that matters until you get saved. Because see, you can't get saved by any of those things. It is not possible. We're saved by grace. Through faith. What is faith? Remember? Or what is grace? What is grace is the better question. Well, it's unmerited favor. Well, that's good. But does that tell anybody in this room what that is? If, if, if I... I mean, how many ever... Some mag folks that's been around for a good while that's heard it enough times they might remember part of this. But with grace, have you, have you ever tried to figure it out? Grace? I'm saved by Grace. What's grace? Look it up. Bible dictionary, look it up. Look it up in Webster dictionary. Look favor. Scripturally, unmerited favor. You didn't deserve it. Okay. Well, look up favor. It'll say it's grace. And in the meantime, what is it? Did anybody run around that tree as long as I did? Really? I mean, I ran around that tree over and over and over. Well, it's grace. Well, what is grace? It's favor. Well, what is favor? Well, it's grace. Well, what, is, what, is, what is grace? It's favor. Well, what is, what is it? It's a great song that John Newton wrote. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Well, what is it? I'm saved by grace. Some of you have heard it, it's worth hearing because we're going we're to cover something in a second. It's all matters. I start, favor, favor. You, you know how, do you know how complicated we make things? Unmerited, undeserved, I didn't deserve it, favor. When I, I need a favor. Dual, I need a favor. Anybody ever ask you for a favor? Anybody needed a favor? What was it? You remember? Anytime it's, it's, it's something you, you, you couldn't do, you didn't know how, you didn't have the ability, you didn't know how, you didn't have the knowledge. 
Didn't have the capability, whatever reason. Or the time. Maybe you had too much going. Didn't have the time. Can't be two places at once. Hey, I need a favor. The light bulb moment. You ever have a light bulb moment? The light bulb moment. The light came on, Jeff. I wish the light would come on in here. There's several of them that are we're struggling over that. We're going to get it fixed. But I wish the light, you know, it was a light bulb moment. Remember the cartoons? Now they're all looking. They're right here. One, two. They're right there. One right there. Front row. They're a pain, y'all. It's one of those things that's great when it works. Stinks when it doesn't. Expensive to bridge the gap. And if they would just make stuff again and ship it, that'd be great. Favor. I don't know how, don't have the ability, don't have time. Favor, grace, light bulb moment. I'm saved by grace. Favor, God done for me what I couldn't do myself. God done for me, saving me. He saved me when I couldn't save myself. It was God's power. See, grace has a power to it. It was God's power, ability to save what I couldn't, when I couldn't and can't. Couldn't and can't and never will be able to. Salvation, redemption. Do you know what the Old Testament word for that word is, Jeff? Boy, we don't like this one in the church because people get crazy. They start saying, delivered. The Old Testament word is delivered. Joel, in Joel chapter two, uh, 2, that Peter quoted in Acts chapter 2. You know, the whoso, we said, Acts chapter 2, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Go back to Joel and see what Joel, Joel, Joel said. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Same word. Same word. He delivered me from the sentence of death. I can't do it. Never could. No way. You can't either. When I call on his name and I believe on him, make him Lord of my life, a miracle happens. The grace of God comes in my life and redeems my life from destruction. It means, literally, he bought me back. You know, Joseph in the Old Testament was, was, was sold into slavery for, the, for, for about 30 pieces of silver, the price of a slave. Judas betrayed Jesus for the price of a slave. But he redeemed us from the slavery of sin. It all works together. Now where are we going? That Jesus did not, God did not send a son into the world to condemn the world, that, that the world through him might be saved, might be delivered, might be reconciled, might be redeemed to him. For the, and he goes on to say that he, he who, who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe in him is condemned already. We have talked about that last week. What does it mean? It, the re, he didn't come to judge and condemn. He come because that's later. Actually, there's two paradoxes. Because see, he didn't come the first time to judge. Everything was, everything was judged. Sin was judged, the world was judged, you were condemned, I was condemned, we were all condemned. When? When did that happen? When did it happen? Somebody, when did it happen? From the beginning, from the fall. That's why he came, to fix it. But then he starts talking about stuff that this is the judgment. 
Go ahead and replace that word. It's okay. You're not damaging the word because that, that word condemnation literally means the judgment. This is the judgment. That the light has come into the world. When? When the word became flesh. That the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. And does not come to the light, lest their deeds, lest their works, lest the fruit of their life be exposed. Are we getting anywhere? But he, who but he who does the truth comes to the light. That his deeds may be clearly seen, the deeds, his works, the fruit of his life, may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Not for God or from God, in God. A position. Hmm. Hmm. Now let's talk about it a minute. Because all those things are works. All those things are works. We're not saved by our works, but when you're saved, you will have works. And God is going to look at them. Jesus is going to look at them. Oh. He is looking at them. We're not saying. We got to back up a little bit. We just talked about it. Every tree, every good tree bears good fruit. And every bad tree produces bad fruit. And a good tree cannot produce bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. Your fruit matters. And God expects you to be fruity. Your fruit is what tells on you. Your fruit is what people, makes people not knowledgeable of who you are and what you are. Proper faith produces proper works. Proper faith produces proper works. You can do good things for a million people all day long and still be lost as a goose in a hailstorm. Because it's not the works that save you. Hmm. This is the condemnation. This is the condemnation. This is the judgment. The evil men love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. When you shine the light of the word on anything or anybody, it will expose them. Hello. I'm always setting up somebody's phone. <laughs> oh, I, I, this is a little hairy, it seems like. And it really isn't. And it's not even that hard to work through if you talk through it. But one of the problems is that we've, we've believed some things for far too long that we've accepted that are not true. Let's deal with something interesting. Let's deal with something interesting. Let me see where'd it go. Is it 21? Yes. Show me verse 21. But he... Who does the truth, that's me or you. That's, that's the believer, okay? Do you know who we're talking about? He who does the truth, what's the truth? Jesus, the word. Thy word is truth. He who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen That they have been done 
in God. Let me see how fast I can talk about this because I think this is very, very interesting. I think this is way more interesting than the evil that runs from the light. Because I think we all know that cockroaches like dark corners. (laughs) Well, I can talk about that a second. Brother Clinton, and he had a way of telling things. And, you know, he would skin things or he he would shear a little closer than even me sometimes. He knew how. But he had been preaching in a a church in New Orleans. Back in the day, I I can tell you who that would have been. I just know who that would have been. Doesn't matter. But he was preaching... Some of that thus saith the Lord stuff from, from 1 Corinthians 6 that, tell, that tells you about the works of the flesh. And Paul says, do not be deceived that these shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Practicing. And there was great disturbance in the choir and an and, 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 and outburst and a screaming and a fit being thrown. And right, right in the service. Because he was preaching this stuff. After service, he met him in the hallway and he says, this is who you are. This is what you are. You don't fool me one bit. He named their sin. I'm not going to go. He named their sin. And they broke on the spot, crumbled in front of him and cried out to God and repented. Exactly. He was exactly right. And they said, look at that, how darkness came. He said, how that was hiding in the church. He said, it wasn't hiding in the church. He said, that kind of darkness come and, made, and found a dark spot right in the middle of the church and, and, and got in the dark and stayed there. Because evil prefers the darkness rather than the light. He said, he said it wouldn't, that, that darkness wouldn't, wasn't hiding, it wasn't standing in the light. It, there was plenty of darkness in that place to hide in because that preacher wouldn't preach about it. Because see, light exposes darkness every single time. The, the problem was the darkness not the evil, because the, the light will expose it every time. Now, this is interesting. Verse 21 is interesting to me because it's talking about the believer. It's talking about the one that the judgment will be. By the way, here's a judgment for you. Here's, here's a judgment for you, for the believer. They're, we're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. And we're going to be judged by what we've done with, with Jesus. That's what we're going to be judged by. But there is a judgment that is coming. You know what? The judgment is going to be this. Saved by the blood of the Lamb. It's not going to be he never got it wrong. It ain't going to be he, got, he, he lived a perfect life. It's not going to be that perfection came to a human being. It's going to be saved by the blood of the Lamb. Salvation will be the verdict. That'll be the verdict. How do you plead? Remember, I plead the blood. Hello. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. There's there's some interesting things about that, Matt, that I want to talk about just for a second. Because, let me tell you something, in this life, we are never going to be perfect. That's a fact. You're not, I'm not, you're not going to get it all right, I'm not going to get it all right. I am, I, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God, and really it really is, is all are sinning and coming short of the glory of God. You, right now, the most holy man on the face of this earth is coming short of the glory of God. You know why? He's not God. Paul himself said, I have not attained it yet. He's talking about perfection in Philippians. He says, I have not attained. He said, but what I am doing, I am pressing towards the mark. I'm forgetting the things which are behind. I'm looking to what's ahead. He said, I'm pressing towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I'm not there, but I am striving, pushing, living this word, trying to get there. In him, in him, not in his own strength, in him. Thank God. 
I'm not perfect. Neither are you, nor is anyone else. But by the way, the fact that nobody is perfect is no excuse not to live for God. It's no excuse to live like a freak, <laughs> to live like a pervert, to live like, to live like a, you name it. Because people will say they're, 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 not, they're not living in the light. They, they're, they're living on a lie that I can, that I, there's a false grace that comes in. There's a grace being preached all over this world that grace is permission to sin and God is okay with it. There's a false grace being preached all over this world that says that you're in Him. You never have to repent. That you never have to, that you never have to ask forgiveness. That you never have to, that's a lie. That's a false grace. It's a lie. Grace is not permission. What shall that I go on sinning so that grace can abound? Romans chapter 6. What did Paul's answer? God forbid. God forbid. He says, how could I go on living in sin that I've been delivered from? How? It's not, because see, where, where, where iniquity does abound, grace does much more abound. What then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace begin to abound? God forbid. See, the fact that I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, never going to be perfect on this side of heaven is not permissive and not an excuse to live any way you want to. Because after all, nobody's perfect. Those that are in the light, are in the, I need my verse back. Those that are in the light are in the truth. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen. Let me tell you something about living in the light as a believer. Everybody can see you. No, you ain't. You, everybody can see you. You know why? Because you've come in the light. Because there's one, there's some things I know. Sing a song that I don't even like. It gets stuck in my head. You ever get a song? It's always a song you don't even like that gets stuck in your head. You ever notice that? Said I wouldn't go tell nobody. But I can't keep it to myself. I hate that song. I said scrub it. Can't listen to it no more. <laughs> but you know what? I said I wasn't going to tell nobody. But I can't keep it to myself. Jeremiah, back in the old covenant, said I, I, I preached all I'm going to preach. I've warned all I'm going to warn. I'm not saying another word. But he said, I, I was going to stop. I was done. He said, but, it was like, but his word was like a fire that was shut up in my bones. I couldn't be quiet. I happen to believe that's the confession of faith that Paul wrote about in Romans chapter 10. Because I believe, you know, I don't have a problem with the prayer. Uh, you know I don't. I believe if you pray in faith, God hears you. God will save you. But it's with the mouth confession is made. Because I've never seen anybody that got saved, really saved, truly saved, that, did, that didn't tell everybody they know. Not one. I've never met one yet that didn't tell everybody to know. That's a confession. That's where the mouth confession is made into salvation. <laughs> but he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds, his works, his fruit can be clearly seen. <laughs> that they have been done in God. Most of the time, that's really good. I'm, I'm here to help somebody. I'm here to help somebody. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you with your theology. People say, well, who needs theology? You do. You do. Who needs doctrine? You do. You do. You know who talked about, Paul? You know who talked about doctrine every turn? Paul. 
You know who talked about doctrine never turn? Peter. You know who talked about doctrine never turn? Jude. James. You know who needs doctrine? Doctrine means teaching. You do. Do you know who needs theology? You do. Today we would call it, let me, let me use a word that you might be a little more comfortable with. I, modern language. This is a, your world view. Your world view. How you see this world. The lens you read it through. The, the lens you live it through. The lens people see you through. Your world view. That's your theology, by the way. His, he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Now that's a good thing mostly. We like, now most of, most of us when we're, in, when we're in God, that's a position by the way, that it came by the blood of the Lamb, that you, you were put somewhere. There's that, we, were, we, were put, we were what? 176 times Paul says you were in Christ. In Christ. And that put me seated with him in heavenly places. Unless you think I'm crazy. But you know what else happened? I'm talking about, there's something else that happens here. Now, I can, now it always gets about right now when I need some time that I've got to step on it. When you're in him and you're in the light, because when you're in him, you'll come to the light. You'll come to the forefront. You will. Says so. You know, you know what can be seen in the light? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, some of that ugly can be seen in the dark and in the light. No, no we're not talking about that. We're talking about the spiritually ugly. <laughs> this is important. Because salvation, is, my salvation is not dependent. This is the paradox. This is the conflict. This is the struggle that people have. That, but we are in him. And that brings us into light and brings us to the light and in the truth and in God and the deeds we do. But somehow we're not perfect. But perfection is no excuse to live a loose life. And this is something people get confused about. Young and old, rich and poor, Studied and unstudied. It takes some knowledge of scripture and it takes you taking some time and letting the word speak into situations. Because when you're in the light, your life will, will reflect that you're in the light, but sometimes you mess up and you mess up really bad. And you know what? You've done it in the light. Not in the corner, not in the dark. And with the cause of that, everybody sees it. Um, think about it. And the world loves to say, and too much of the Christian world loves to say, and too much of people who think they're believers, and maybe they are, maybe they're not, maybe they're just religious. But let me tell you what people love to do. Jeff, you ready for it? Aha! I took 45 minutes to get to this place. Aha! Ha And the ones over in the dark corner, the evil people, they're dancing in the dark. You know why? They love it. 
You know why they st- that's why they're in the dark because their deeds are evil. They love it. <laughs> Told you they wouldn't know better than me. Told you they could. You know what? I'm not. I'm not, and neither are you. The difference between them and me is the blood of Jesus. The difference between them and me is faith. The difference between them and me is when I, when I fall, I don't stay down. The difference in them and me is when I fall, I get up. The difference between them, you know what? They, they, they doing stuff in a black hole and hiding from it. And they don't mind it. They mind getting caught sometimes, but they don't mind it. Someone who is in him, in the truth, that does the truth, they do it in the light and they're in God. And therefore everybody sees it. But that's why it matters where you're at. If a man fall seven times, what's he tell you? He and gets up. <laughs> Say it again. If a man falls seven times and gets up, rejoice not against me, O oh my enemy. <laughs> That's good. It's good stuff. It's really not difficult at all. It's just people don't want to know the word anymore. It's really not difficult at all because I I I know, like Paul, that in me dwells no good thing, and I know. See, uh, there's a lie that's been perpetrated on the world that says that men are basically good. And what's the difference? I'm just basically good. When the Word of God says that the heart of man is above all things wicked. It says, who can know it? Who can know it? That's why he came. He didn't come to condemn the world. The world's condemned He came that the world through him might be saved. He came. He said, he told us, walk in the light as he is the light. We love to tell the story. Let me help you right at the end. Just so you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about people who live carelessly. I'm going to tell you something. Hear me. Hear me and hear me good. I'll say it. And no, there is nobody that is loosely and frivolously and carelessly living for God. They're not his. Oh, you didn't like that. Hear me. That's scriptural. There is nobody carelessly living for God. When people are loose cannons and loose with the thing and loose with their morality, when they're loose with the scripture, loose with the things of God, they use it at their convenience, they, they, they weaponize it at their convenience, but they're not living in the truth. They were, they're not his. There will be among the many that says on that day, Jesus said many on that day will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? Did I do works in your name? He said, I will say to them, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. There's no casual relationship where you're willy-nilly with sin. Flip it about your failures. See, the one in the dark is joyful and enjoys it. They don't come to the light because their deeds were evil. And they love the darkness rather than the light. But the one that's in the light, when they fail, they're grieved by their failure. They're convicted by their failure. Sometimes they're devastated in their failure because because it was so grievous. And in the light. (laughs) Paul is exactly right. Paul said in Romans 7, talking about the, he said, the things I would do, I don't do that. 
saved Paul. Those things I would do. I don't do that. And the things I know not to do. Those things I do. He said, oh wretched man am I. Who will deliver me from this body of death? He said, I thank God. Through Christ Jesus. That I'm delivered. That's when he went into said, But there is therefore now. This is Romans 8, 1. Go straight, speak straight to John 3. There is therefore now no condemnation. To them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Did you see the qualifications? It wasn't just anybody. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who, now, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. <laughs> I've came to the place for some folks. When I say folks, I mean preachers. <laughs> and some self-righteous believers. We've got to talk about self-righteousness because that's not his. That when a believer falls on their face, that they kick them in their face while they're down. I'm not talking about somebody who's, who's false doctrine and false, I'm talking, and willy-nilly. I'm talking about somebody who's living for God and when they're overtaken in the fault, Galatians 5 and 1, 6 and 1 talks about that. I don't ever say anything, hear me, that, I can, that you can't lay right to Scripture in context correctly. If a brother be overtaken in a fault, let you who are spiritual restore such a one, considering yourself. Considering yourself. There's not a person in this room or alive that, the, that, that if the spotlight of the world hit you at the worst time of your life, that, that, that you would have been able to stand the scrutiny of what was on you. There's not a preacher anywhere that in their worst moments of their life, that there's a time, a moment, that if, 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 if exposure to the world would have came, that they'd have kept their church, that they'd have kept their credentials, that whatever the case may be, because we all fail. And there are things when people, there are things that, that remove you from positions, but it doesn't remove you from heaven. But there are things, <laughs> there are things that can disqualify you from a lot of things. But if you're in Him, you're going to stand before Him and the judgment is going to be saved by the blood of the Lamb. You say, well, what's the difference? What's the difference? Well, frankly, some of the difference you will never be able to see because you're not God. But there's some of the difference you'll never be able to ignore because you're not stupid. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Okay, I get tired of people taking people out of step, but they want to preach David. A man after God's own heart. A man who the throne of, who his throne was established forever. The one whom this great king that is going to set his feet down is going to, where's he going to establish his throne? He'll sit on the throne of David. The one in his lineage. The one of his heritage. Who had a terrible time. You know what was going on? You know what? This is what happens when you get casual. I've got to hurry. You know what happens when you get casual? Let me tell you what happens when you get casual. Let me tell you what happens when you get cool and casual. I'll tell you what happened. It says it was in the time of year that the kings go to war that David was in the palace. You know what David's problem was? He was complacent. And who he was. He was resting on his achievements. And on his authority. I'm not going to war. I'll send everybody else to war. I'm going to stay home this time. It was in the time that the kings go to war. 
that David found himself in the palace. And it says, and he gazed out his window and saw a maiden on the rooftop. Bathsheba wasn't being lewd. She wasn't being a loose woman. She wasn't being a tramp. She wouldn't be any of those things. David was the one in the wrong place, not her. And in fact, after he violated her because he was the king, if you'll read, she even, she even stuck with the law, which is all they had. He says she went and cleansed herself. She kept the law. Then you know the rest. Murder and mayhem ensued. Then you know when a, when a prophet named Nathan came by who was working in that role of the Holy Spirit. There was a picture and a shadow of the one of the Spirit of God. It says there was a, guy, there was a man that had it all and there was another man that only had one ewe lamb. And, and the one that he was going to have a big party, the man that had everything. Instead of taking from his flock of thousands, he took the one's one little lamb and killed it and took it for himself. And David said, who is this man? I'll kill him. I'll kill him. I'll kill him. Can't you see him sliding up to the edge of his seat, red-faced and angry? I'll kill him. And he said, you are the man. When the, that's the Holy Ghost that came to him said, you are the man. You know what happened? Conviction hit King David immediately. <laughs> Psalm 51, have mercy upon me, O God. He says, remove not your spirit from me. Cleanse me. Wash me. Purge me. <laughs> You know what happened to David? It happened in the light. And we celebrate him today. Not because of Bathsheba, but because he was a repentant man. We celebrate him today, not because he took action to cover it up, but because he was a repentant man. We took it, we take, we, we celebrate him today because he's, because of, of his life dedicated to, but you know what we read about every, I hope y'all are hearing me because I'm going to tell you something. Every time you read this beautiful song, Two, three thousand years later, twenty-five hundred years later, it's putting David back on the front page news. In the light, because he was in God, and it's beautiful, it's fantastic, it's wonderful. But his sin was great, and his repentance was greater. His rep you know why it's still there? My friend Ron Cox, he says it all the time. He said, you know, I, I believe the level of repentance has to come up to the level of the sin. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your love and kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned. And done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in my inward parts. And hid, in the hidden part, 
you will make me know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop that I shall be clean. Wash me that I may be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy. And gl- Does that sound like casual? Can I ask you a question? Does David fail greatly? Does that sound casual? After all, he wasn't perfect. Make me hear the, he says, purge me, wash me that I may be white. Make me hear the joy and gladness that, that, the bone, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sin, blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast, can you hear his heart? Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me. The joy of not my salvation. See, salvation is not a, not a New Testament idea. It's a God idea. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. Then I will teach the, then I will teach the transgressors your way. Oh, it makes me want to say, he didn't step down and go home. He didn't step down and go home because he had failed. He said, wash me and I'll use this mess that I've made to teach people your ways. If you will cleanse me, if you will restore me, I'm not going to go away. I will stand up and teach people who you are and the joy in your ways. And sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the blood, from the guilt of bloodshed, O oh God, the God of my salvation, that my tongue shall sing aloud in your righteousness. O oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall flow, show forth your praise. For you do not desire a sacrifice or else I would give it. You do, but you, and you do not delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken, are a contrite and a broken spirit. Or the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure, O Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem, and you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of the righteous, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then they shall offer bulls at your altar. This is the condemnation. For God so loved the world that he gave it his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but through Him that the world might be saved. He said, this is the condemnation. It's lost, but He came to save it. Light is offered, but light rejected is condemnation. Light accepted, even when we fail, is salvation, is deliverance. It'll be in truth. It'll be in God. It'll be in the light. People are going to see it sometimes. But you know what? I'm not saved or lost because I failed. I'm saved because he he had the power to save me. I'm saved. Anybody that's saved, it's by grace. It's through his power to save me. It's it's by, by grace you are saved through faith. Grace is not permission to sin. Grace is the power of God not to. And when you're in him, it's the power of God to get you back up when you fall. (laughs) You know what I've got to say right now? Amen. 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 We should be excited about it. We should be excited about it, church. It should be the thrill of our lifetime. We should be excited about it because he didn't have to. You know what? His payment wasn't casual. um, I'll preach another half hour if I don't shut up. We should not be serving him casually. We should be serving him wide open with everything we got. (laughs) I will bless the Lord at all times.
His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the light. Thank you for the blood. Thank you that I'm in you. Thank you, thank you, thank you that you've done for me, in me, and through me what I can't do for myself. Lord, I pray that you would move in the hearts and lives of the people in this place magnificently and powerfully and, 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 and in a way that cannot be contained any longer. Lord, move us to be zealous for you. Let fire burn in our heart again and in our bones. Destroy the complacency of religion and, and motions and church. Lord, put a fire in us, oh God, we pray. And we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen.